Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. No one is, 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 is more locked in. From Thursday to Monday, no one is more locked into the NFL than First and Pod. Hosted by Danny Parkin and Andrew Filipponi. All right, so this is a good time to do, I guess, my team then to the Steelers. So the national media has loved their draft. I think the thing that is most obvious to me about it, going back to what you said about Carolina, is that there was a theme to it. They want to become a more physical football team. They want physicality to be their identity. So all their picks are physical guys. Jones is a huge athlete at tackle. Porter is a press physical corner like his dad. Benton from Wisconsin. Tackle, nose tackle. Played in the Big Ten West. You know, in the trenches football. Darnell Washington is like the biggest tight end that's come out of college football in years and is just a people mover, great blocker. So that's what they went for. You know, I think my question is, I think that there's a law of diminishing returns maybe on going that way. I think like there's a little bit of let's zig while everybody else zags in the AFC and just kind of build a team that tries to punch you in the mouth and win and fluster the quarterback and kick the other team's ass and try to run the ball. Like it's a very old school way of trying to build a winner. I don't hate it because I don't really think the alternative is much better, but I, my, my only thing with it, Danny is I feel like there might be a little bit of this is good in the short term for Kenny Pickett, but in the long term, it's really not. Well, Broderick Jones is at least he's an upside tackle, right? Like he's not. Yeah. 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 He, yeah, he, he only started 19 games. Right. No, no, I know, I know. But I'm saying, like, that goes a little bit against what you're saying with the other picks. Like, Broderick Jones is the guy who, like, very easily could have a very rough rookie year, but yep. by year three is the best offensive lineman in the draft. Only started 19 games, cra- or j- just turned 21 or 22. Yeah, very- yeah that's exactly right. He's super young. It, he, it's, it's a boomer bust pick. Yeah, him. but an aw- awesome athlete, very high level, like good plays, some really ugly bad plays. 
but practiced against all of those NFL players on his team at Georgia. Like I, I, I liked the pick because of the, what the ceiling uh, could be. And then the rest of what you're talking about, like how, how pumped are people to have Joey Porter Jr. in Pittsburgh? Is that well? His be- dad was a his dad was a prick. His dad was not good when he was on the Steelers coaching staff and got in some hot water and his edge rushers never developed. So it's a love-hate relationship. They loved him as a player. And then they thought that like it was kind of cronyism when he was a coach. So is he gonna have staff. like is he gonna have extra heat on him or is he gonna be extra loved? No, I think it's gonna be extra heat because his helicopter dad is involved. Okay. Gotcha. Uh the Eagles. I know Howie Roseman has misses in the first round on his resume, like high-profile ones. We've talked Jaylen about Rager. them. Yeah, right. We've talked about them. Um, Carson but this Lentz. is just how good teams stay good. Like, Oh, just draft players from the best college football factory and say the hell with it. And then bring in DeAndre Swift, too, by the way. Correct. That Dude, was I, don't a, think Deon- I don't think that DeAndre was a Swift great is, move. Yeah, it's, it's just – it's obviously you're able to do it from a position of luxury, right? Like they have an awesome team, but he built the team. Yep. And then you look at the, like Devonte Smith, Bama, Jalen Hurts, Bama, three more dudes from Georgia, two dirt, two dudes from uh, Alabama in this draft. Oh, who, oh, they went outside of the sec. They went to the big 10 and drafted Sidney Brown, who had six interceptions last year, just like productive, winning college football They don't players. overthink it. They exactly. don't overthink it at all. You know what it reminds me of? Now, this is kind of aged a little bit, but somebody told me years ago that the Washington Nationals GM, I think the guy's name is Tony Rizzo. Maybe I'm wrong about that. But, like, he basically was in with Boris. And I guess Boris, like, pays more money for high school and college scouts than Major League Baseball teams do to get his talent. And Rizzo would just go to Boris every year and say, tell me who to draft. Hmm. And like, okay. Yeah. Maybe that pisses off your own people internally, but like, you know, why, why spent like, look, there are going to be diamonds in the rough everywhere. You know, they found a guy in the seventh round. We just talked about my who didn't even play football. It was just a big human being. Well, and, and you can mess it up. Like Mike Mayock did that when he was running the Raiders and like, Reached on Cleveland Farrell. Yeah, but these aren't reaches. Like Jalen Carter and and Ringo and these guys were like not okay. Well, I just took a guy from a great college team, but they were surrounded by awesome dudes, and actually their measurables and stuff don't translate no, I understand. to the NFL. I, I I'm just saying, like I w- I wouldn't want my GM to like blindly do it. Yeah, but when you are dealing from the position of strength that that Roseman's dealing, like it's a pretty safe draft. So I'm sure it's going to work. Well, I wouldn't say safe, though, because Carter is just such a massive wild card. That's not a safe pick. I mean, that has huge volatility on it. He could be the best player in the draft by a mile, or he could be a complete D-bag who just doesn't And if it doesn't work, they still have Jordan Davis and Fletcher Cox. Yeah, You know, like it, it won't really impact them. So he was able to take the swing. All right, so now the Titans are up here and Will Levis. So this is a classic example to me of when you have an of have a regime change 
and the new people come in and they just don't give an F about what the previous people did. Like Malik Willis, third round pick or whatever, uh, looked terrible late in the year, but was looked at as a project guy because he had played at Liberty. And now Carthon comes in here as the GM and it's just like, nope, not happening. We need a quarterback. Levis dropped. We'll trade up in the second round to get him as more of a value pick. Now, Vrabel's been there the entire time. So, I mean, did Vrabel in that short amount of time sour on Willis? I would I would guess so. I don't think that he was, you know, kept out of the war room conversation. It's just a, it's just a, it, it, it's a weird team where you've got a lame duck quarterback who's still on the roster in Tannehill. You've got Levis with huge question marks. And you drafted a guy last year who was seen as maybe the highest upside quarterback in the draft. So that's to me one of those classic, you got three quarterbacks, but you really have none situations. Yeah, I think you nailed it. I think it's perfect. But you know my feeling on talking about the Titans. You hate it? I hate it. I hated it during the season. I hate it during the offseason. Did the Levis stuff on draft night make you dislike him? It made me jealous of him. I, well, I how many of those were relatives and how many of those I, were girlfriends? I don't know. Because I'm not jealous of people that have hot siblings. No, I no, actually no. think that's very hard. Yes. Yes. Ab- absolutely. And I'm assuming there was one girlfriend and multiple sisters, and I'm just taking the opportunity. But the one sister was sitting so like Yes. You know, like yeah, I yeah, exactly. like, I, I'm cool with my sister, but like we don't sit next to each other like that. No. You know? No. I did. Why would it make you dislike him? Well, because I thought like some of his like facial expressions and the things he were doing, like I thought he came off as a little bit obnoxious, but whatever. Impossible spot. I mean, like I saw, uh, I forget even who it was, might be Florio, who's like, oh, he didn't go back to the draft the next day. Like that's a reflection on his inability to handle adversity. Shut up. (laughs) (laughs) Like. I looked miserable. Go home. <laughs> You're fine. Um, the Lions are so weird, man. They're so weird. Running back and off-ball linebacker in the first round. Hendon Hooker, who's three years younger than Jared Goff. Um, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, then I liked... I. I the Brian Branch kid, the safety at 45, that was like finally I was like, yeah, you do need that. Yep. Uh, Laporta, really the tight pick. end at 34. They traded away Hawkinson, but actually got decent tight end production. But if they had a single hole on their offense, it was probably tight end. So made sense. But defensive line, anywhere? Like I, I was just well, I was I, I I have a very I have a very specific take on Detroit. I please. thought they I thought they drafted like they've already won something. Like we're talking about how the Eagles can afford to do maybe some of these, like maybe vanity picks or luxury picks, where it's like, all right, fuck it, we, we just made it to the Super Bowl. Let's just keep doubling down and tripling down on these Georgia players who keep falling to us. You know. Like the Lions were doing things like let's get aggressive and take a running back who's not even the best running back. Let's take an inside linebacker. Like they were doing like pretty, I would say, widely universally believed to be like horrible draft moves from a philosophical standpoint. 
like in a way where it's like, well, I mean, look how good we were at the end of the year. We can afford to do these things. We have so many picks and we had such a good team by the end of the season. It's like, ah, to me, it was, to me, it was too much of like putting the cart before the horse here with their draft. Yeah. I think that that, I think that that makes And the hooker thing. Why? Like, why would you even like, I think when we did our mock, I might've had them taking Anthony Richardson. Like, okay. Anthony Richardson is super raw. And might need like a couple of years to figure his shit out. You just mentioned it. Hooker's old. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing. However you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast i would not i, I would not want to just bring it's, somebody it's, like that in and and it doesn't it just complicate things that's what i'm saying like 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 it just it it if you're gonna make it make goth sweat make him sweat but why why do that? I, I don't know. I mean, but I do I do think that with their offensive line, I do think that it's a good spot to look good. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that you're a good enough team to draft a backup quarterback in the third round. I thought I thought I thought the whole thing was weird. Uh, but like I said, the 34th and 45th pick, I thought were were pretty solid, but everything else I thought was really, really weird. All right. So the Bills are next. The Bills did not get a wide receiver until the fifth round and they didn't trade for DeAndre Hopkins. And I know a lot of bills fans were like, what are we doing here? Let's get another weapon for Josh Allen. Who's a wide receiver to go with Diggs." So that didn't happen in the draft. That didn't happen in free agency. That's what Kincaid's supposed to be. Now they took Kincaid who can be a pass catcher. Obviously is the top tight end that won this draft. Now I did think with their next two picks, they took a guard, Osiris Torrance, and they took an inside linebacker. It almost felt to me, and even the tight end, who I know is like, like not like the best blocking tight end of all time, but I almost feel like the Bills are scarred by what happened in that playoff game. Like, it was the perfect game for them from a weather standpoint, where we're the Buffalo Bills, it's snowing here, it's a home playoff game, we build our team to win in these elements. And they got pushed around and bullied by a team that had backup offensive linemen. And I just felt like they wanted to go out there and get some mean dudes. Like Osiris Torrance, when he went up against the Georgia guys, he didn't take a back seat. 
Like, I think he was the one guy in college football this year who they said not only held his own against Jalen Carter, but actually won that matchup. So I almost felt like there was internally, like, not only were they pissed that they lost, but I think they were especially pissed at the way that they lost and have tried to compensate for that with their draft and free agency. They just need to hit on someone. Yeah, they haven't had them for their drafts, dude. Dude, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Like, you go back and look at first, second, and third round picks for the last three years for the Bills. Like, two, three, and four years ago. Like, give them a pass on last year. We don't know. They've been in there for one year. Like, most people can't name a player who's made an impact for them. And it's just, it's showing up for them in the worst way. Not terribly dissimilar to the Packers, who's the next team on my list. This stat blew me away, man. Last 13 first-round picks. 12 have been defensive guys. 12 have been defensive guys. (laughs) What year is this? And their defense was horrifying last year. I know. I know. I know. Before the season started, when you liked the Packers, you're like, you know, the... The, the most underrated defense in the league is the Packers. Look at all these first-round picks. Dude, like, they were pretty good two years ago with very little Jair Alexander, who's awesome. And yeah. I was like, so they'll be good. Like, it that was – they were one of the most disappointing units in all football last year was the Packers defense, and they do it again with Van Ness, who I'm sure will be fine. I'm sure he'll be solid. Apparently more of an edge rusher than – having the ability to go in uh, as an interior uh, collapse the pocket type of guy. But fine, they needed a pass rush in the absolute worst way last year. And then two-fifths, two-sixths, four seventh-round picks. Mm. It's just a ton of darts being thrown at the board. So, you know, the second pick was the receiver, which fine. They need need to keep adding talent there because they don't have high-end talent. Uh, So they're trying to get bodies in that spot. Fine. Dobbs obviously came on last year, but like just a ton of late round flyers, very smug. We're going to build through the draft and develop and not do free agency and apparently not invest in offense. Yeah. Classic Packers draft. Yeah. So the next team here is the Broncos, even though they didn't pick to pick until the 63rd selection and they took Marvin Mims from Oklahoma who's a guy that can go get the ball downfield. So now they've got him to compliment. <clears throat> they didn't train any wide receivers. Judy and Sutton are still there. So, and then they took Drew Sanders, <clears throat> the linebacker from Arkansas in the second round, who, or in the third round, who like, he might end up being the best inside linebacker in this draft, even better than Campbell. He had very, you know, his stats in the SEC, and he was like the Micah Parsons of the SEC last year. He was playing inside, he was playing outside. He had like huge sack totals. He transferred from Alabama to Arkansas to get more playing time. Uh, I'm not going to say much more about their draft, but I'm going to say this. They are a they are a team to me that I could go either way on right now. Like, I want to fight the temptation to like, no, Andrew, you watched Russell Wilson largely suck last year. Don't get like tantalized or mesmerized by the marginal strides that he made late in the year and the coaching change. But I already feel myself doing that. <laughs> I don't know if you have the same thought on them, but like, well, they can't be worse. 
Well, their defense can be a hell of a lot worse. Yes, no, no, no yes, their defense, yes, their defense can, their defense can be. I thought there was a real chance that they were going to sell off on offense, and they were pretty aggressive in free agency, and they didn't trade anyone away, like you said. So they are banking heavily on Sean Payton, and I will probably be taking a wait and see approach on that one. Gotcha. And rooting against it because it was really <laughs> funny last year. Um, the Commanders, explain this to me. So the corner they draft in round one is 166 pounds. Mm-hmm. And they don't take a quarterback. Nope. At any point. So it's Jacoby Brissett who will probably beat out Sam Howell. And they didn't do anything to acquire significant extra draft capital for next year to go make a run at a quarterback. So they didn't address it really this year, nor set themselves up to have two first round picks next year. Yeah. Move around. I just, uh, what's their plan? What's their plan for a quarterback? I don't think they have a plan because who's in charge. Like they're just a franchise that's in limbo right now. There's no oversight. Yeah, You know, obviously the GM or the president of football operations, I think the guy's name is right there, is, you know, honest, like is, you know, his name, the buck stops with him, I would say right now. But like, I don't know what, what they're really, what their goals or aspirations for are right now. You know, I mean, like maybe there's such a holding pattern there because they're waiting to see what happens with the sale of the team. You know, because like logically, I don't really understand the lack of, I mean, it's just, could they really believe that what they had last year is going to carry over to this season and they're going to be better? Like, I just don't, I don't see how you could look at them that way. I don't, I don't either. I, dude, I've got six teams. Like we, we, this might be our longest podcast ever. <laughs> well, I'm going to start ripping through some teams here. Okay. So uh, yeah. we got Houston next. We did their two picks. Yeah. Stroud and Anderson the other night. Uh, do you think Stroud starts week one? Yes. Yes, I do. I mean, you know, multi-year starter at Ohio State, Big Ten, did a ton to get him. High floor guy, according to everybody. Great athlete who should be able to move around to keep himself healthy. So shouldn't take a ton of shots. Uh Yeah. I mean, although Tons I say that, Fields took 58 sacks this year. Uh, but in theory, uh, should be able to protect himself. Yeah, I, I think he starts week one. Okay. Uh, I think I would probably do that too. But I'm, I don't know. If I'm them, I thought they were a candidate for to bring in a Brissette or somebody like that to be the bridge. I think Davis Mills is so bad that – you know, there's really no plan B there or, or way of like mid-season feeling like you can – you'll watch because if they start Davis Mills, you'll see him play the first half of game one and then everybody will be screaming for Stroud right. to play from there on out. So you're right. They really don't have a choice, but I thought with him especially, he's not as raw as Richardson or even Levis, but I thought they failed this offseason to have a plan in place if they wanted their rookie quarterback to watch. So Tampa didn't make a move for a quarterback. They were a popular, maybe they'll trade up from 19 and then Levis falls to him, but they pass on him. 
Um, I think they're going to be pretty bad. So they, so okay, you're going to be bad. It's a you don't get the don't get a quarterback. Take best available. They take your guy Kalijah Kansi, mm-hmm. undersized, and then they take a tackle from North Dakota State, who they've already come out and said is a guard. Cody Mock with no teeth. Yeah. yeah. It just a, struck me as a weird approach to – it's like the uh, – like not take – it's like the – since he took the huge defensive tackle and the huge tackle, it's like the guys who at least like look the part. They're taking a couple of guys who just don't really look the part. So I'm very skeptical of how Tampa – Well, I think the theme there is like they're betting on the tape to win out over the – the size, like the, yeah, you know, like here's what NFL dimension should be. And they're looking at two guys that were now mock played at FCS level, but can't see led college football and tackles for loss and was unblockable. Now the Aaron Donald comparisons are ridiculous because there's only one Donald, but I think that was the theme I thought to their draft. Like we're just going to take guys that we think are good football players in the hell with what the outside world thinks about, well, this guy's too small to play defensive tackle and this guy's too too small to play offensive tackle. Danny, Mel Kuyper is the Colts really low on this list. I love their draft. I like what they did even after they took Anthony Richardson. Their second round pick is Julius Brents, who I had people telling me like before the draft was a sleeper guy, really good size, Kansas State corner, somebody who I think... You know, he's not Devin Witherspoon, but I would not be surprised if he ends up being one of the best corners from this draft. Josh Downs late in the third round who got open all the time at North Carolina. And there were like five or six wide receivers who went before him. Chris Ballard has this reputation as a GM where he's really smart, even though he hasn't won shit. And I kind of felt like that was on display in this draft. And I don't know what's going on with Ursay. The guy hasn't shaved. He sent out a tweet about how they might take Levis in the second round. I mean, I don't know what's going on with that guy. I generally love him, but I was concerned for his well-being after looking at him and seeing what some of his tweets were this week. Uh, Yeah, well, he's got a long history of reasons to make you concerned for his well-being. 12 picks for Indy. So they got to hit on some of them. Uh, I will also say that uh, Aditamiwa Adabare from Northwestern. I thought he was like a second-round pick, that guy. Dude, and they were talking about they, they, Fitz was trying to sell him as a, as a first round pick, uh, coming out of Northwestern, like a little undersized to be a three technique in the NFL, but s- smart as hell, had a pretty good combine. Um, yep. So I, I guess the size just worked against him. And there's debate I heard that like some people just flatly don't think he can play inside in the NFL. And then is he fast enough and like explosive so enough a tweener to, type of player to be, to be an edge. But yeah. I mean, I know, I know some local people like that, that absolutely swear by the kid and said that whatever his potential is like, whatever his ceiling is, he will hit it. 